welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are, as we start off another Monday here on LOA Today. And uh, this is a nice uh, shift, actually, a nice change, because we've had so many guests lately. It's nice to just have co-hosts, once again, just talking about <laughs> stuff, uh, kind of... Uh, <laughs> You know, return to normalcy or something like that. And, and it, it, it's going to continue. We've got guests coming up this week and next week and the following week. And it's like, okay, I guess people have finally discovered LOA today. That's a good thing. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. But today, up. take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. We got more, a lot of people coming up. Um, you want, you want me to go through the, yeah, yeah. You want me to go through the, uh, the, the, the roster, shall we say, the schedule? Yeah. yeah. Let me bring it up here. Tomorrow, oh, come on now, computer, don't, don't let me down now. Okay. Tomorrow we have Selena Dorsey, aka Selena Dorsey Valentine. And she's an interesting one. I got in touch with her for the first time last February, I think it was. Um, because I had heard through Dan Mangano, who does the Thursday shows with us, that, uh, he had been involved in a world law of attraction summit that she had done that had drawn quite a few people. And so I contacted her about uh, whether she might be interested in bringing me in. And she said, yeah, let's talk about that next time I'm doing it, which would be sometime in the fall. And I said, well, why don't you come on to the show sometime? She says, great. And so all of a sudden, boom, there she is showing up to join us tomorrow. So that's going to be pretty cool. And then on Thursday, we have uh, a woman named Cassie Parks who has um, – I, I can't tell you a whole lot about her. I know she has a podcast that people follow. I've gotten some feedback about that. I know that she is a coach. Beyond that, you'll be finding out with me because I really don't know. <laughs> and then a week from tomorrow, we have Becca Ribbing, and a week after that, Ginny Gain. Ginny is actually somebody that uh, Janine uh, G, who does the uh, Tuesday show with me, has listened to her podcast. In fact, I guess um, Ginny's was the podcast that Janine used to listen to before she got into the Thai boot camp. And uh, Becca, uh, again, somebody I don't know a lot about, but I believe she's also a coach. And hey, the more coaches we get on here, I, I have found historically that the more coaches that I talk to, the better I get. So, you know, bring them on. That's the way I think about it. <laughs> so yeah, lots of good it. stuff happening. Lots of good stuff happening. How about you guys? What's happening with you, Anne-Marie? You're looking, as usual, very cheery today. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, all's good. I've had a very hectic weekend. My husband's been away. So mm -hmm. I've been, had a girly weekend with my daughters, which was just lovely very and good. challenging at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> no, that's probably good. You know, a little up and down the spiral, you know, the same day. It makes you feel like you're alive. Good thing. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a roller coaster. But yeah, no, yeah. good one. Good one. That's good. And Louis is just Louis as usual. I mean, he, Louis never. I can't remember what I did this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was uh, one of those weekends. Weekend. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, yes, that's important to some people. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Louis is channeling Maggie Smith today. But, uh, yes, uh, weekends is are she? important. <laughs> <if> any... <laughs> well, no, I'm serious with that one. I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, if you're familiar with the uh, television series Downton Abbey, she played the Dowager Countess, and her famous line from that show was, what are weekends? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> she was such a highest-duty character. She didn't know what a weekend was. But, uh, yeah. Famous worldwide now because of that line. <laughs> but uh, I don't have I a... See, a I seem... 
Oh, Marissa's got a topic for us today. Oh, she does. How to channel your mm-hmm. higher self. Thank you, Marissa. We didn't have a topic today. And you just filled it in right for us. That's beautiful. Well done. So how to channel your higher self? Well, that's connecting to your higher self, but uh, let, 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 let's go to the guru of connection because he's been channeling everything that's been going on in his life since he was born and has produced some amazing information as a result. So what do you do to channel your higher self, Louis? Well, really like clarification of what Marissa really wanting to ask. Is she asking how to become an Esther Hicks or is she asking how to a normal person lives normally with manifestation, manifesting what is in his vortex, which is communicating with their higher self and manifesting it. Okay. Well, I'll let Marissa clarify. I, I would kind of imagine that it's a combination of the two, really, because we all, in one sense or another, connect to higher self, some more skillfully, some less skillfully, but we're all connected. I mean, we wouldn't be here. It's not possible for us to be disconnected completely from source energy because we're part of it. Um, so there's always some degree of connection. Uh, what Esther Hicks, well, of course, the, has done is she, she's taken it to the nth degree because she can actually connect with such a high degree of clarity. She can actually communicate stuff to other people, which is pretty cool. Oh, there's a clarification. Marissa says communicating with higher self. So it's the communication okay. part that she's talking about. All right, not becoming an Esther Hicks specifically. Um, So the first thing we need to really understand is that a lot of humans don't believe there is a higher self. They're not in tune with it, even if they're brought up in a religion. They don't really believe there is something outside themselves, that there is a God, that there's a higher being, that there is um, something more for you to that is your own to link to, you know, the idea that we have is that our higher self is God, mm-hmm. part of God. So in other words, we're, we're talking to the God or the, the sacred part of ourselves. And, um, it's a journey to start discovering that that part of you actually exists. Yes. Welcome to LOA today. That's been my entire journey. <laughs> That's the whole thing. You just summarized it beautifully. <laughs> you want to jump so, in on that? Anne-Marie? Oh, I, I'm sorry, Lou. I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Let Anne-Marie jump in there. So for me, how do I sort of go to my higher self? It's, it's just through meditation, just through appreciation, um, calming my mind. I do a lot of, um, so you've done a meditation, you've done appreciation, you've done all these things. What did you experience? Yeah. What made you believe? What made me believe? Just what I feel that the whole energy running and just the advice I get. And this just would How does energy running out. feel? <laughs> oh, my hands, my hands go on fire mm-hmm. and my legs go like jelly. Um, it's just really funny when okay. I literally tried to journal and I could just literally feel like my feet get really hot. I feel like there's like beams coming out of my feet. Mm-hmm. But certainly in, in visualizations, I, I did one when I started boot camp and, um, was just reviewing one of my transgressors and I went back to my past self in that moment mm-hmm. to re, to change my perception of that moment. And I kind of got a bit stuck, so my higher self came in to help me, and so I could separate myself from that situation, and that was interesting for me. Mm-hmm. So there's another way of terming that, my higher self came in to help me. I came in 
to help myself. I did. I did. And when you start looking at it like that, you start seeing the greater connection and the most, most intimate personal connection that this non-physical part of you has with you. That's very <laughs> true. It's, 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 it's a very important dynamic to understand is that link which, you know, your higher self is so totally, absolutely, utterly invested in who you are. Cares yeah. absolutely, completely about who you are and where you're going, but will not come down to oh, my, <laughs> any of the negative um, aspects, uh, will not come down to any of those levels. It'll say, hey, come up, come up, come up, come up. But it'll sit there and it's very, very aware of everything, who you are and what you want, and it's going to try its best to help you manifest and get that. Now, Absolutely. Marissa, Marissa's just said, I experience tears of appreciation sometimes. So um, I have a question about that. Um, are these tears emotional or are they non-emotional? Oh, yeah, good question. And the reason so I think we'll it's a question, well, Marissa, well, to answer that well. Well, let me also well, comment. I, the, re the, re the reason I think it's a, a good question and appropriate is because it's a – Indirectly, it's a topic that I was kind of um, mulling about over the weekend. Mm. I was asking myself, why is it that you, you can watch a television program or, or see a movie or a play or something, read a book, and get an emotional reaction? And, and the emotional reaction could be to almost any kind of scene. But what if it's a scene that's a very happy scene? Why is it so often that in a very happy scene we aren't jumping for joy? Instead, we're 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 crying perhaps, or or we're feeling feeling a sort of a, a happy sadness or something along that line. I thought that was that's kind of an interesting oddity about the way humans respond to very very joyful occasions. I, I have an answer for that. Um... I experience tears of appreciation sometimes. She hasn't answered that question yet. Um, not emotional, just appreciation. That's yet. what she so says. Yeah. That's kind of what I have as well. I have, um, Marissa, I have a lot of tears um, when I have relief and release. Hold on a second, please. <laughs> Speaking of relief and release... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can understand that because like I mentioned last week when I do tapping and I feel that that release, I would just get teary. Mm -hmm. It would okay. just always happen. Is is that emotional? That is emotional, yeah, and a release. Is it? Yeah, emotional and happy. Mm -hmm. So, just to answer Walt's question in connection with. Um, the way Abram puts it right is that if you are happy and joyful, you are not sad. Fair enough. So sometimes we have this conflicting feeling of, oh, I'm sad and happy at the same time and all the rest of it. And what, what you're going through there is you're going from, um, a more negative emotion to a higher one and there's the transition. And as you're right. transitioning, you're feeling the uh, effect of that transition. And it sometimes feels like you're laugh crying. You know, um, and you get but confused in the middle, but it's really just a transition from a more negative emotion to a higher one, or maybe even the flipping between the two. Um, but as Abram says, you can't be sad when you're happy. They are two completely different emotional vibrational states, and you're either in one or the other. You can't be in both at the same time. So let me ask a follow-up question. 
if you're in that transitional state, are you happy or are you sad? So if, if you're right on the cusp from, let's say, rage to hope, which is right on the cusp between what humans define as the negative and the positive um, on that scale, um, then at that time you would be flipping into crying and then you'd be flipping into, into laughing. So you'd actually be changing between the two, um, but you'll never be in both at the same time. At the same instant, uh, but it, yeah. But it gets confusing because you are flipping or you're transitioning, and it, it feels very confusing to a human. Um, and it con it's confusing because you're going through change. Mm -hmm. And change I, I would, is always a bit unsettling. I would also add that I don't think there's ever a time in our lives when we feel one pure emotion only for an extensive period of time. For an extensive I, period of time, completely. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, maybe for a moment or two, but the emotions shift all over the place continuously. We may not be in touch with that fact, but mm. they, they, they continue to do it anyway. They just insist because that's what they do. Um, but yeah, so that, I think that's probably, for me, the easiest way to understand the transition that happens because we're always transitioning from one emotion to the next. It's just that sometimes mm -hmm. it's particularly stark, such as with a really very happy part of a, a of a drama that that's a stark difference because most dramas the drama part is about well, the drama the horrible stuff going on and all of a sudden we go into joy like, shoom, oh my goodness and zoom way 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 big way way up that's going to be a huge shift that we're going to notice the difference really really big hmm. so so yeah. going back to marissa's original question how to communicate with the higher self mm-hmm what methods do you use, Walt? We've heard from Anne-Marie. To me, there are two pieces to any communication, whether it be with higher self or my wife or with you guys here on the show. There's the communicating out part and the, and the receiving of communication. Talking and listening, yeah? Talking and listening. And I think the easier one for any of us in connecting with higher self is the talking part, the communicating out part, or which is really going to confuse it, the communicating in part, because it's all inward bound. Um, but that part's the easy part. The harder part for us is the listening part. Mm -hmm. I think for most of us anyway. And so if you look at Abram Hicks's three steps, which is mm -hmm. communicating out and which one's communicating in? Oh, I never thought about it that way. Tell me what you think. Well, asking or petitioning or requesting or focusing is out, isn't it? It's step one and two. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And step three would be the allowing, the listening. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could go with that. Yeah. I just like bringing it in always to the basics so that you can see with clarity mm -hmm. what's going on. You know, one... There was this great monk story. Um, this very, very wise monk went from church to church in Russia. And the people loved him. They flocked to him all over the place and all the rest mm -hmm. of it. And he came to this one church. And he, he said to them, I can't go inside. They said, what do you mean you can't go inside? This is our church. We want you to come um, preach to us. And he says, no, it's full. He said, what do you mean it's full? There's nobody in it yet. He said, no, it's full of, full of petitions, full of asking. Ah. He said, there's, there's no space for, 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 um, receiving. So the guy said, well, explain to us what you mean. Well, he said, there's three levels of prayer. 
The first level of prayer is petitioning or asking. I want, I need, I like, I... So the next um, level of prayer is... Oof, what is it now? Um, is praising and thanking. So the first level of prayer is asking, I want, I need, and then the second one is praising and thanking. And guess what the third one is? The highest level of prayer, listening. And it's always been a little story that I I, stuck in my mind for forever. I brought (laughs) it on the show probably about three years ago. Um, But it's, it's really, really important to understand is that um, when you're talking about prayer power, Bobby, um, the, what is prayer? Prayer is just thought. So you're looking at thought power or, um, I just wanted to really get away from the word prayer and meditation. So meditation is more listening. Prayer is more asking in, in, in the general overview of what I perceive it to be in my upbringing. Um, <clears throat> And it's, it's really interesting because once you start understanding the, the step one and the step three aspect or the asking and the listening side of it, then you start really getting clear about what you're doing, when you're doing it and how you're doing it. Cause there's certain times that you really need to listen, really need to listen. And you know, we've got two ears and only one mouth. That's amazing how one dominates the other one. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason we've got two of these things. Um, So, you know, we're quite good at step one, especially in the West. But in the East, they're taught very much to be step three, to to listen, the East, the Eastern philosophy versus Western. Um, And you start understanding with simplicity the difference between the East and the West. One's better at asking and one's better at receiving. Now, our master is somebody who can do both. Well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Uh, I used that <laughs> with my I kids. Used, uh, I used to use that with my kids all the time. Two ears and one mouth. Yeah, what are the, um, my, our dads used to say, Walt? Children are to be... Seen and not heard. Yeah. Fortunately, my dad didn't say that, but uh, yes, I have been told that many fathers said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, those, are, um, those yeah. are fathers who had no clue what their what their kids had to say, but that's their problem. Anyway, <laughs> they're, they're, they're the ones who weren't listening. Sorry, Louis. I was just asking. So, so a lot of people, and myself included, um, get stuck hammering where they're asking and asking, "Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?" How do people, how would you advise people to like close that off and start using their ears and listening? But I ever tell you I was into the occult for a while. <laughs> no. There is a round <laughs> no. That came out the right field, didn't it? <laughs> so in, in one of the occult practices I learned, you create a pentagon. You know what a pentagon is, five-sided yeah. figure. In each yeah. one of the little triangles, you write who, why, what, where, and when. That's the asking. Mm-hmm. And who must always be you yeah. unless you want to 
you want to uh, create karma unless you want to um, – if I say I want Anne-Marie to have this, that, or the other, then I'm invading your space. So the who must always be you. Yeah. That is when when you start understanding the difference between white magic and black magic. So to get back to you, the answer of your question, what you do is you write them in, you focus on them very, very clearly for a couple of minutes, and then you burn them. <laughs> so there's a, some, there's a symbolic aspect there. The symbolic aspect is letting go. You burn them and you do not think about it again. I focused on it. I've been clear. I put it into the universe and I'm letting go. Yeah. So this is one of the most important things I learned. Um, and if you want to understand a cult, a cult is just using the universal law of attraction to your advantage. That's all the occult is. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's understanding the universal law of attraction and using it to your advantage. I did Barbie had that. a question. I don't know if you saw the question. <laughs> no, I haven't yet. She said, what? why should that surprise us? Please expand on that. <laughs> Are you talking about the occult? <laughs> well, you've made, you made a reference to uh, um, how it, it should surprise us. Did I? Mm, what was my reference? That I'm trying to remember, so I can't help you with that. <laughs> Barbara, you're going to have to clarify for me because yeah, my, my memory goes back two remember. minutes, not three. Oh, the occult, yes. yes. So, okay. <laughs> okay, so um, when I was young, I went to the little town in South Africa, the little town library, and I studied on books, on anything I could do to start understanding myself because I had kind of given up on religion. Um, it was going nowhere. So I knew mind control was very important. So I started reading all the psychological books and I became incredibly disenchanted with psychology to a degree that I can't even completely remove my disenchantment today. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, so I moved away from that to somebody who might understand how to get more and easier what I wanted. And in all the library books, the occult does come up and um, I started reading quite a few books on it and understanding it. Now, to break, to, to understand a cult a bit better, you need to understand what white magic is. And I know I've explained this to well before, what black magic is and what the right way is. White magic is when uh, you're doing something for yourself and you're not invading anybody else's space. Black magic is when I want Anne Marie or Walt to do what I want them to do. Um, and the best way is just the Abram Hicks way, which is step one, two, and three. Ask for yourself. Sorry, white, white magic. No, no, this is wrong. White magic is not when you're doing it for yourself. White magic is when you're saying, I really want to help Walt. He's sick. Black magic is when I really hate Anne-Marie and I want to kill her. Okay, both are wanting to manipulate somebody else. One is feeling I'm doing it for the right reason. One is feeling that I'm also doing it for the right reason, but the society will perceive it as the wrong reason. Okay, that's the black magic. Is that clear? Is that really clear? Because if it's not, I can explain it. Well, it's clear. I think it also has a built-in confusion to it, but I understand what you're saying. So the... The way it should be is when you're doing everything for yourself. 
when you're wanting for yourself. Because I remember I went to a church group and we were all sitting in a cor- in a circle and everybody was saying, okay, who are you going to pray for today? Oh, I'm praying for Joe. He's got a, a test. Oh, I'm praying for, just for, for this person's mom. They're sick. I'm praying for this. And when I came to them, I said, I'm confused. I said, what are you confused about? I said, um, so you're saying God is wrong. He's doing the wrong things. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, this person's sick. And, and don't you think it's divine providence and, and they've created that situation for themselves so they can learn something and now you want to take it away from them? Well, I, I'm confused. Do you, do you think God's making mistakes here? You know, <laughs> do you think you know better than God? You're telling God what to do to fix it. Uh, I'm really confused here. So, you know, that, that was the conflict I struggled with for, for years and years until I realized you can do it for yourself. You can, you can have judgments for yourself, but do not enforce your judgments or your belief or your idea of what's right and wrong on anybody else or, or try. I mean, I saw one of my friends who was into black magic at university. He's quite fun. Um, he was a real character and, and he taught me a lot. Um, but one of the things the, the girls used to do is come to him and say, Oh, I want this guy to like me. I want this guy to like me. And he said, Are you sure you know what you're doing? You, you know, what happens if you don't want him to like you? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it. So he does the whole ritual and all the rest of it. And the guy falls head over heels in love with her. And, um, and then within a, within a couple of days, this girl says, I don't want anything to do with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, you need to, now you need to reverse this thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that is playing with the occult. And it's very possible people do have that power and all the rest of it. But once you become centered enough, clear enough about who you are, what you want, about the law of attraction, how it works, these things don't affect you anymore. You become mm-hmm. immune to them to to a very strong degree because you're confident. You understand how the law of attraction works. You understand that you control your own reality. You understand that their influence will always be subservient to your own as long as you're aware that you've got that influence then you understand the law of attraction, then it's going to be easy. It's going to be absolutely simple. Um, <clears throat> I brought up the story before, but I, it's an appropriate place to bring it up again. Um, I was fast asleep, and when I woke up, I was absolutely frozen in my bed. I couldn't. I was completely awake, 100% awake, but I couldn't move a single solitary muscle in my body. I tried with all my might, with every single bit of effort, I couldn't move a muscle there was a black force sitting on my chest holding me down and it was malevolent it was horrible and i was scared out of my little bracket um but i was part of a spiritual group and we we was able to channel the let's use the word holy spirit because there's probably christians out there listening to this they will understand that this inner force the source energy and i just imagined it washing from my head down to my toes and it blew this thing away totally absolutely to the degree i was scared shitless of source energy <laughs> not this black thing anymore okay the black so, thing was bad enough but this <laughs> <laughs> the 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 understanding that that source energy is immensely powerful it's not something to toy with or play with etc it's something to have a lot of respect for, um, and it can be incredibly powerful, but it's always got your back. If you understand it, if you can use it, if you're aware of it, you know, awareness comes into this again and again and again, it's your level of awareness of what's going on and how things work. There are a few things I want to throw in here. The first one is in response to what you just said, 
And that is we all play with source energy every moment of every day. I mean, it's, it, you can almost not go through life without playing with source energy. You, know, so you wouldn't be alive somebody, if you weren't. That's right. You know, so cautioning somebody about play with source energy is like cautioning them about being alive. Like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> if you insist. The other thing I want to um, point out. Is no, that, no, no, no. Uh, Walt, I, want, I wanted to talk about that. You're, you're completely correct. Um, I, I was, when I was saying playing with it, um, I was talking very much specifically to that, that experience. Um, naturally we work with source energy, not necessarily play with it, but in a sense, I was kind of toying with it. I was opening myself up to it and, and letting it flow through me. Um, and that in a way I, I'm kind of using the word play, but you very accurately, um, and succinctly have stated that yes, we do work with it, um, all the time. And, and very it's often just, we create scenario, scenarios we don't like. That's part of what we do yeah. here in the world of contrast. <laughs> Welcome to the amusement park. <laughs> so, um, Louis, was that dark energy your dark energy? Well, I found out many years later from a Nigerian that this is an absolutely typical <clears throat> black magic voodoo type attack to kill somebody somebody pays a, bla a witch doctor i don't like this guy kill him and they will they will do this kind of thing to you this exact thing where black force comes in you it freezes all your muscles you can't move blah 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 it's very it's exactly typical of a, a, a black magic attack but i only found that out of like 10 years later <laughs> wow well better late than never <laughs> The other thing so I was I about, doing it to myself? No, I don't believe I was doing it to myself. No, you, you, you think there was another entity involved? I, I think there was. It, it was put on me. Um, I was not in a place of fearfulness or, or fear. I don't think I would have been able to open myself to source energy to that degree if I was in a fearful place. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, we can return to that one in a minute. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is you know, the, the way you explain white magic, black magic, and so forth. Certainly, uh, I've heard that approach many times. I think it's very consistent with a lot of approaches. I just want to point out that it's not the only understanding of magic. And, and the example that I'll give is Wednesday co-host Cindy Chavez, who very much engages in her own idea of magic, but her idea of magic isn't manipulative. Her, her idea of magic is the magic that you're creating for yourself in your own life. Um, so she Which is the, the third one that I've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just want to broaden it to show that it's not just those two ways of understanding it, white magic or black magic. There's also a, a third. No, I very specifically approach. brought in the third one. Okay. The third one was when you do it for yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I, I'm just looking yeah. for clarification no, no. here. That's all. And I guess that's the magic that you just create your own beliefs. You can have your own right. beliefs around magic, can't you? So. Right, exactly. Now, Marissa threw up an interesting comment here. I'll put it on screen. She says, one time I felt like my body was flung onto the floor during my nap and my body felt heavy when I awoke. So the question is, is that similar to, this, to the uh, situation you had, Lily? I guess it depends on what she was feeling. Was she feeling that there was another entity there? She's not um, it, 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 it sounds like there were similarities, but again, I did not realize the intensity or the situation before, during and after and what she was thinking. And, you know, there's a whole lot of parameters that I'd need to take into consideration. I can talk about myself because I know mm. 
myself, but I can't necessarily talk about that. It's just there's one thing that you really need to understand on a spiritual path. There are a lot of distractions. Yes, there are. And we're very good at them, by the way. (laughs) And I like bringing this up because it's a very important understanding. A Sufi master took a Western woman to... um, she 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 went to him and said, train me. And he said, okay, all I need you to do is to sp- spend time in my physical location, in my, in my space, in my area, in my, around me. So that's all she did. She sat in the sand while people came to him and talked to him and he sorted them out and did that. And, you know, and eventually she started, um, it's a whole book. It's called Daughter of Fire, and it's very, very thick, and I don't recommend anybody buys it unless they've really got a lot of time. Um, <laughs> fascinating, fascinating book. It's a journey, a journal, and it's a diary of every single day with a master. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, the things that she wanted to put herself through to getting a bit of enlightenment. Um, mm-hmm. But she did. So she started to be able to see fairies, and she could see very clearly when somebody was lying to him, and, you know, she could see the auras, and she could see all the stuff. And the master looked at her when she started coming up to him and telling him that she could see all these, you know, this little fairy underneath the chair and this, this goblin over here. And why did you let that guy lie to you? And all these things. And he just looked at her and he went, hmm, okay. And then she, he changed her vibration and all these things vanished. He said, that's just a distraction. Let's get Uh back to the path. Okay. So things. Things like your body being thrown to the floor and all the rest of it, don't get distracted by that. There's a lot of things you can get distracted by when you're trying to connect with your core and live with yourself and get in tune with who you are and where you want to be and what you want to you know, achieve in this life. Don't get too distracted. There are many distractions. Well, in a sense, you, did, you got distracted. You got distracted by this entity jumping on your chest. I'm not saying I haven't been endlessly distracted. I'm just saying that I try to get back on track as soon as possible. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So try, which is the word I was trying to use, <laughs> try, <laughs> try to keep on track and get back on track. That's the important thing. So the back on track story is quite fun. Um, I was doing Kung Fu when I was um, – at university, there was this guy who was doing these beautiful forms on, on, on the sports field. And I went up to him and said, hey, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm a kung fu instructor. I said, oh, where's your class? He said, oh, no, I've just arrived down here and I've got no class or anything. So I said, okay, um, I, want to, I, want to, I want to join. I want to be trained by you. I want to learn. He says, okay, come to me every Tuesday and Thursday. So I went to him every Tuesday and Thursday. And we sparred for six months just with our hands, nothing else. And he said, okay, you ready? He put on these gloves and we started sparring. He said, this is a full contact martial art. Um, and we're trained just with our hands, just for six months. Um, and we started sparring and he hit me in the face. And I went down, put my hands in my face. And uh, he bent over me with his hands together. And he said, Louis, the most important thing is to get your eyes back on the target as quickly as possible. That makes sense. Did it help? And after that, even when when woman slapped me in the face, and I've actually happened to me, I just my head just goes up, and then I'm looking straight at you again. It has no effect anymore, you know, because there's there's a lot of 
male garbage that goes around being hit in the face and all the rest of it. But after you've done a lot of martial arts, that means nothing to you anymore. Anybody can hit you as hard as they want, whatever they want. All you're going to do is get back on track as quickly as possible. But I realized it was a philosophy for the whole of life, not just for the martial arts. Mm -hmm. It is the whole of life. No matter what distracts you, get back on track where you're going, where you want to go for it. Good advice. That is good advice. It, it ex helps explain why it is that uh, people like martial arts so much, because on the face of it, on the surface, martial arts involves various kinds of fighting, but most of it is about disciplines and mindsets and all this other stuff. It has, it seems to have very little to do with in, in the end of the day with having any fighting. It, it has more to do with life stuff, life lessons. You, you learn how not to fight in a proper mm -hmm. martial art class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I've got another story <laughs> about that <laughs> subject. Um, <laughs> Do we get to uh, hear it? <laughs> Do you want it? Um, <clears throat> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Walt's, Walt's heard this once before, I think. Um, so I was at my peak of my martial art training, and I was uh, walking barefoot, little backpack. I was had shorts, T-shirt. And in my backpack, I had my, I, I like walking barefoot. I'm always walking barefoot. So even in the cities, I was walking barefoot and I had my shoes in there, my swimming costume, but I was going to a movie with a friend. So, um, I was getting to the back of this, this, um, shopping complex and five guys came up to, came up to me to mug me. So the first guy went into my stomach and started punching it, but I'd had a rock hard stomach. I've always had a very strong, stomach muscles, but after martial arts, they were even stronger. So I just tensed them, and he was just hitting the solid wall. The other guy pushed me against the wall. The other guy tried to grab my bag. Um, and then what happened to me is everything slowed into slow motion. I raised up almost out of my body, and I could see the whole scene unfolding. And I saw that there were two girls in front. They were going into the shopping center. They looked back. They heard the commotion. They called the guard. The guard came out, took one look, and just went straight back inside, wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and I could see this guy coming up to me again, and I said, well, I've had all my martial arts training. I'm going to take my fist. I'm going to push it into his nose up here, and I'm going to send his nose into his brain and kill him. That was the thought that was going through my head. And then another part of me came in and said, why don't you sing your special spiritual word, like um? It wasn't um, it was the hue. And I just started singing in my head, you, you. And um, immediately the whole, absolutely everything just dissolved. All the guys just turned around and vanished. Wow. They absolutely just disappeared like nothing. Didn't take anything, didn't do anything to me. The instant I made that decision to choose one way, a spiritual opening up of myself versus a, an aggressive attacking one, then the whole situation just changed instantly. It's as though it had no choice but to change. So I'm going up the escalator feeling really proud of myself. I chose mm. the spiritual path. And these two girls turned to me and said, weren't you scared? Weren't you scared? And I said, no, I didn't want to kill them. So I just <laughs> failed a spiritual test seconds after I just passed one. <laughs> <laughs> so going funny. back to the original kind of topic, was that your higher self communicating to you in that situation? 
Mm, Which precise part do you think? Well, the like, don't break his nose and kill him. Do your yes, word. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was me connecting to my higher self and my higher self, changing yeah. the vibration of the situation. When the vibration changed, there is nothing in the universe that could stop them vanishing. Mm. Because I was not a vibrational match anymore. Now, yeah. the reason why it happened was just before I left the office, the guy said, oh, be careful. There's a lot of muggers out there at the moment. <laughs> of course. So he course. activated the vibration, and then I chose to to change the vibration back to the higher one, which automatically, when you're in the vibration of what you want, the, the environment around you just changes instantly. And as you were describing that, I'm thinking to myself, boy, that would make a great Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> That's just what it sounded like. Yes. <laughs> and I was big into Bruce Lee in that time. <laughs> I'm sure you were, yes. <laughs> I mean, it sounds just like a scene out of one of his movies. <laughs> in fact, I was thinking it would be fun to have, uh, you know, a, a CCD camera video of it and, and watch the video replay of the whole thing playing out the way it happened. That'd be fun. Mar Mar Marissa says there, you mean don't hang on to why it happened. Mm. Yes, that is pretty much what I'm saying because why will keep you, f keep you bringing back that experience again and again. It's not necessarily one you liked or wanted to have again. I'm, a I'm guessing. Um, Hopefully. therefore it, it is thoughts about what you don't want just to break it down for simplicity. Therefore, yes, um, don't focus on thoughts that you don't want. You know, I'm really trying to break it down for its absolute simplistic form so that you can get it, understand it, and use it in any and all situations in your life. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about the listening component in regard to situations like these that crop up. I mean, I don't mean necessarily where you've been attacked and being mugged. That would be the more extreme example of it. But stuff's going to come up all the time, just we live in a world of contrast, so there are going to be things that happen at various times that we don't like, and we'll have attracted them in one way or another. And so the question becomes, how do we handle it? How do we make mm -hmm. that shift? How do we how do we actually get ourselves to pay attention long enough to actually do it? Well, the beginning is practice. If you mm -hmm. practice more on the positive side, the universal law of attraction is going to amplify it, and then it's going to become easier. Mm -hmm. So... Yep. Uh, I like bringing in my, my mentor's description. I said, how do you do this? She said, practice, Louis. Practice, 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 practice. She went on for half an hour. I said, okay, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm impressed that you waited a half an hour to say that. Wow. She was very good at extremes. She's very good at contrast. Yeah. That's what a good teacher does. I never forgot it. I'm sure. But when you're practicing and you are that higher level more often, when you do get down, you don't go down as far, but it's you feel that uncomfortableness straight away. So you're very much more aware of it, aren't you, to take yourself back Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I got a headache anymore. I'm trying to think of the last time I really, I mean, depressed. I've only experienced for a few seconds. So, I mean, I don't even talk about that. Um, but I'm particularly stable, but getting angry and frustrated, I'm there. <laughs> I still get that. <laughs> so 
it's not that I don't have contrast. It's just my contrast may be a little bit higher up the scale than some other people. And there are some people are much higher up the scale than me. And there's no competition between me and them. There's between me and me is the only competition. And you've got to get that. You've got to get that. You're not competing against anybody else. You're, you're trying to do a little bit better than you did yesterday. Well, Marissa had a, a follow-up question. She said, did you pray, then listen when you were attacked? Um, no, I didn't pray. Pray. <laughs> I like the way she spells pray. <laughs> uh, well, I, I was going to touch on that one later. Yeah. P-R-E-Y. And, and the question in my mind is, who is the real prey here? I mean, exactly. it, could, it could go either way. <laughs> um, did you pray? So, um, again, let's replace the word pray with thoughts. Please. <laughs> so, um, uh, the reason why I want to get away from the word pray is it's so caught up in so much of the Christianity and other denominations, belief structure. Let's break it down to its simplicity. Prayer is just thought. That's true. Okay. Um, so the good way of praying, as I said, the three different levels of praying is the, the, the highest level is listening. So we, we really, want to listen um, and and to answer the question really accurately you just do it there's no thought involved because you've practiced enough to be in that higher state occasionally you know that it's absolutely necessary you become it and there is no thought involved it's a becoming it's a beingness that's all I can say I didn't I didn't Spend time deliberating, should I do this or shouldn't do that? It's just, I want to fight him. Oh, let me do something else. And, and I just became it. And there was no, there was no real thought about it. It was just becoming. Um, and it becomes easier and easier and easier to become without any thought. Thought is often more of a obstacle for people to grow than, than it is an advantage because, <clears throat> uh, people of, struggle hugely with the idea of focusing on what they want and then saying, oh, well, I don't have it, which means they're also focusing on what they don't want. So focusing on what you don't want has the big contrast aspect linked to it directly saying, I want something, but I haven't got it. Um, or I want something, when's it coming? Or I want something, but I don't have enough money. Um, so, you know, you really want to get to that place where <clears> – <throat> You're just spending a little more time on, on, on the higher emotional scale um, and becoming very comfortable with contrasting, with chain, experiencing negativity and appreciating it strongly, okay? Mm -hmm. I always feel this is the big obstacle that people have. They want to stay positive all the time. It's impossible. You didn't come here to be yeah. positive all the time. You will not learn if you're positive all the time. Appreciate the negativity. Respect it as your expansion point. So please love negativity for less than 14 seconds. And by the way, the, the appreciating negativity part, I, I like to look at it in a even more different way from that. To me, appreciating negativity is how I learn to release. Once I've, mm. I've appreciated negativity, release, I don't even have to think about the release portion anymore. It just kind of, whoop, something slipped away. There it goes. Bye. <laughs> yeah. You started step five. That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> Starting about step five. So Anne Marie, step five is when you when you know what you don't want and you immediately turn to what you do want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can consciously feel it happening. Yeah. 
Not, I don't like my ex, I don't like my ex, I don't like my boss, I don't like my boss, I don't like my boss, and you're going on for hours and hours and years and years and months and months. Um, then it just becomes too big a problem. Law of attraction amplifies it, it just becomes a bigger and bigger issue. So you need to learn to change your vibration. Yeah, and have that trust. Now, now the good news there is that even if you built up that huge vibration over the years, it's it's low vibration. So it's not going to take a ton to break it up. It's going to perhaps take some. It's going to take some attention. could seem like quite a bit of attention, but it's not going to take nearly as much time to reverse it as it is to build it up in the first place. So if you spent 30 years building up, don't worry. You don't have to spend 30 years unbuilding it. Mm. It can happen in seconds, and the easiest way to do that is to understand the dirty glass of water scenario. So if you've got a dirty glass, <laughs> yeah, if you've got a dirty glass of water and you keep on filling it with clean water, what's going to happen to the glass of water? You're going to wash it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So you One don't have to time. go and visit those negativities. You really, really don't. And so what I got from Abram. And it's one of the biggest, one of the bigger epiphanies I got from Abram is understanding that you don't have to go back and relive. <clears throat> Um, those negative things that happen to you simply because the more you focus on them, the more they're going to become bigger, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things I've learned and I'm still learning is that if you slip, if you don't manage a particular moment in time to stay on what you like and you slip back to what you don't like, so what? If you're alive, you get another chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not alive, you've got the biggest chance of all because it's pure positive energy. <laughs> do-over. That's what it is. It's a do-over. You get as many do-overs as you want as long as you're breathing. Mm. They're yours. As long as you're playing in the contrast, you get more do-overs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, that's true. You don't have to be breathing to play in the contrast. I mean, humans do, but yeah. <laughs> That's right. Everything breathes. We could we could argue that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll agree that everything vibrates. Does vibration count as the same thing as breathing? Yeah. Does it? Uh, sorry, say say that again. I was just listening to. I, I would say that everything universe. vibrates because everything is made of source energy, and source energy vibrates. Therefore, everything vibrates. So, and you can it, look at vibration as breathing. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was asking: is, yeah. is vibration the same thing as breathing? Well, breathing is, it's vibration, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're physically sitting completely still lying in bed, you're still breathing and breathing is movement. It's vibration and it still gets the blood to move and everything still is moving. So okay. my, my, my statement about anybody who's sick is if you're breathing, you can heal yourself. And if yes. you're not breathing, you could, you're dead. So it's very easy. Well, that also leads to another interesting conversation. But we, before we have too many rabbit holes here, let's try to stick with the one we're on right now. Um, <laughs> next lifetime. That's right. Exactly. As Marissa says there, next lifetime. <laughs> Especially since there's only about eight minutes left. So, I mean, there's really only time for one or two rabbit holes. We can't go down too many at once. But uh, the the idea of vibration equal breathing, I just want to return to that one for a moment because uh, it's an interesting one. Let uh Crystals, for instance, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that's considered to be by most people not alive. Most people would say mm. crystals are not alive. Mm. Okay. Well, crystals certainly, certainly do vibrate. We can measure the vibration. Do crystals breathe? If they're vibrating, um, 
they are vibrating, so they're not necessarily breathing, are they? I mean, they're not taking in oxygen and, and, and letting it out, which is what we would consider breathing. So, no, I wouldn't say breathing, but I could break down breathing to its simplicity of vibration. And then I can say that a crystal also vibrates, and well, we can prove that scientifically, but... <clears throat> Um, I'm not saying everything breathes like a human or takes in oxygen and exits it. I'm saying I'd rather break down breathing to vibration. Okay. All right. That's fair. Mm. To me, it's interesting, though, to look at non-mammalian vibrational forms. I'm trying to find a way to describe something that is not a human. (laughs) (laughs) Because... The more that I look at everything in life that I'm aware of, and the more I I contemplate the idea that everything is vibrating, the more I realize that everything is alive. Mm -hmm. Which means even what astronomers call dark holes in or black holes in outer space are alive. I'm not even sure that their description of them as black holes is accurate, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, whatever they are, they're alive. Because there's vibration going on, which, by the way, creates all kinds of uh, mental difficulties for the scientists because they're they're trying to describe a black hole as something that has nothing in it and everything. It just sucks everything away. But I'll let them iron that one out. I'm not going to try to figure that one out. (laughs) But from my perspective, it's all vibrating and therefore it's all alive. So now I look at the sky, the night sky, for instance, and I see it very differently. I mean, that sky behind me is a background. I see that very differently. That is now, in my mind, one gigantic set of life forms and probably one gigantic, you know, community life form as well. Probably all of it all in one thing. And my mind still boggles at that, but it's a cool kind of boggling. It used to be my mind would boggle at and say, Oh my God, the the whole world, the whole universe is empty of any life at all. Now it's completely the opposite. <laughs> well, when, when till you have out-of-body experiences like I did with my elephant and start flying through the universe, then your mind starts boggling. <laughs> oh, okay. You mean, are you saying that my mind really hasn't boggled yet? Okay. No, I haven't even touched the surface. <laughs> and how do we get there? <laughs> But um, there's just different degrees of boggling is what I'm trying to point out there. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, one, every time I think I've hit, I've hit some kind of expansion within myself, it's like another wow <laughs> pops up. And now I'm getting into the earth and the planet and that's just wowing me no, no end. Yes, really. so I watched that degree. fungus thing that you advised me to do. It's Did brilliant. you like that? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> As you said, very much fits into everything I'm looking at at the moment. Mm-hmm. Spot on, spot on. Thanks for that. Loved it. You're Netflix, welcome. something to do with fungus. What is it called? Fa- Fantastic Fungi is the name of the film. Fantastic Fungi. Brilliant. Yeah. If anybody ever wants to watch. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous stop action photography combined with yeah. some CGI. Just, oh, beautifully done. Mm. Absolutely beautifully done. Really amazing. Yeah. I recommended it to, um, our nephew. We were, uh, visiting family over the weekend. And uh, he's uh, very much into uh, concepts regarding biodiversity. He, he has sort of a political thing going on, but we kind of ignore that part. Uh, he, he's very much into uh, uh, the earth and, and um, alternative stuff of, you know, fill in the blank, any kind of alternative he's into. So I said, check out this movie. You're going to like it. And he came, kind of gave me this look because 
I don't think he's ever really trusted anything I've recommended in the past. To <laughs> 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 be perfectly honest. <laughs> but yeah, if he sees it, I think he'll like that one. That's a good one. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I've just made a note of it. Um... Yeah, really, really good. Definitely worth it. You don't even have to be into I think the, into Walt the and I were discussing an after the podcast. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. That was an after show conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and we, I also recommended it earlier on a previous podcast and, and we received email from listeners who checked it out. So yeah, a lot of people agree it's worth it. Thumbs up all around. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. So, well, this has been an interesting, it's been kind of a meandering conversation, but it's been an interesting one. An interesting way to look at a number of these different topics. Um, plus we got a little bit of martial arts training and, you know, kind of in through the back door. <laughs> <laughs> and never trust a security guard who's not going to come and rescue you. Yeah. <laughs> where, I, I don't know where that ball is, but wherever it is, I think I'll just stay away from the guard. He's useless. Forget him. You know? <laughs> uh, it was so funny when I was going up that escalator saying that to them. I didn't want to kill the guy. <laughs> still shake my head today. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Did that come from? <laughs> I mean, there was an element of truth to it, but still the ego was so big at that stage. <laughs> really needed a knock. And then, of course, I was going to a movie with a spiritual friend. Why are you late? Why are you late? I told her the story and she's completely calm. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I was forgiven for being late, I promise mm. you. <laughs> Actually, that's a topic for another day. We we are really rough on our egos, particularly in the spiritual realms. And mm. we beat the crap out of them. Mm. And they're, they're really just doing their job. Yeah. What, I, I think that's something else we need to spend more time appreciating. So maybe we'll make that a topic. For next week or something like that. Appreciating the ego. Sounds its benefits fun. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got such a bad rap. We'll have to. It does. It, <laughs> it does. Bolster the ego. So sometimes the ego does need to be propped up, you know, for good reasons. <laughs> That's a whole can of worms right there. That, I was going to get into that with uh, the, the topic of um, white magic and black magic because uh, I was going to make the point that one person's white magic is another person's black magic. So black which magic, one is absolutely. which? <laughs> yeah, it gets, yeah, it gets no. quite confusing after a while because everybody's preferences are different. But um, yeah, that, that's a subject for another day. Maybe we'll do that when we do the egos. But anyway, this has been fun. So thank you guys very much for that. Um, be sure to check out the podcast tomorrow uh, because we have a, that special guest coming through. Um, I have to say that Selena is um, a fascinating person. She just, she is fearless in the world of um, promotion and, and she put together a really powerful, I think it was her second world summit on law of attraction that she did last winter. And so it's going to be fun learning from her just to see what she has to share with us. But thank you guys for what you shared today. Very much appreciated and uh, very educational. Thank you to the live streamers who participated as well. And thank you to podcast listeners everywhere without whom we would not have a podcast. Hey, just saying the truth. We'll see you <laughs> Thanks, all next God. time here on Elevate Today. Goodbye, everybody. Well done, Marie. Okay. Bye. Bye.